Hey everybody, this is Matilda Egera-Cooper and you're listening to Finesse Your Wellness, the podcast that explores what it means to thrive and live well. On today's episode, I want to help you get down to business. And by that, I mean starting one, whether that's a little side hustle to bring in an extra bit of cash or you're looking to make a major career change. Now, you might be wondering, what does business have to do with wellness? Actually, a lot. According to new research from cloud accounting software company Free Agent, the top three reasons entrepreneurs said they wanted to start their own businesses were number one, achieving a better work-life balance. Number two, the ability to be their own boss. And finally, number three, greater choice over what work they do. Now, if that doesn't sound like prioritizing wellness, I don't know what does. (laughs) And when you consider the real stresses of dealing with the nine to five, I mean, you even have Beyonce out here telling people to quit their job. There are advantages to doing your own thing. But Lord knows it is not easy. And I speak as someone who once upon a time had a full blown business. I'm talking limited company, business bank accounts, team members, an office, corporation tax got paid, everything, the whole works. (laughs) And while I have no regrets about doing it, I wish I could have had a moment to meet today's guest. Saharta CJ is a former blogger turned entrepreneur, digital marketer, and she's the host of the Daring Forward podcast. Her mission is to help aspiring and creative entrepreneurs find the courage to pursue their purpose profitably, okay? So on today's show, we'll be discussing how she jumped headfirst into online business seven years ago, no less with a whole husband and four kids. And we'll discover what she's learned along the way that should hopefully inspire you. Enjoy. Thank you so much for coming onto the Finesse Your Wellness podcast, Sahar. It is an absolute pleasure to have you here. Uh, thanks for having me, Matilda. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so am I. I'm so excited that you are here because just kind of reading your backstory. I checked out all your videos. I went down a rabbit hole on your Instagram. I mean, I I dug. Yeah. (laughs) I dug deep and I was just really impressed by what I saw. But just to kind of start at the very beginning and sort of at a place where most people start when they're thinking about business, the day job. You were not feeling the day job at one point. No. What was going on there? Yeah, so gosh, when I started with business, the context was that um I started my business after having kids and to be honest, what my business drive started after having the children and it was really them that catalyzed it. I don't know if I would be in business had I not had kids, funnily enough. Mm. Um, So I used to be, um, my husband and I were uh, church leaders in our old church at the time, but we were really serving um, sacrificially. So I was like a volunteer for like a good decade because I, when I graduated from university, I went into accounting and um, I just it wasn't it. Like Mm. I was like, this is not it. And I was really, 
burning in my heart to just make an impact and work with young people and join my husband in and just help serve the the community and the young people. A lot of them came from disadvantaged backgrounds. So we did that for like a good decade. And because the pay was low and I was like a volunteer pretty much. Like it was a crazy decision, but um, it did affect us financially. Mm-hmm. So then I tried to, you know, after having, by that point, we we started growing our family. We had two kids at the time. And I thought, you know what, let me go back into accounting and get back to work to kind of support financially and so I got into, fi- like, I was a finance manager. I got into that, qu- was quite happy going to work and, you know, like not being at home with the kids, um, like all day, every day, just something to kind of stimulate my mind. And then after that, I, you know, I just kept getting pregnant. <laughs> it wasn't practical. And it just got to a point where it was like, this doesn't make sense anymore. Like I'm that girl at work who is never there because I'm always on maternity leave. And because we had ended up with like four kids as a big family, the pay didn't make sense either. So I was like, my whole salary and some is going to childcare. So I might as well just stay home, bite the bullet, look after them um, while they grow. So so that's that's when I found myself as a stay-at-home mom with the four babies. And then I got the itch mm. to do something. I was like, well, going back into full-time work is just not going to make financial sense. So let me start a business. Just a quick question on that. When you yeah. say it wasn't going to make financial sense, had you ever considered maybe doing a different kind of job? I mean... I I don't think I did. I mean, I did in the sense of I considered getting into like any job with an accounting or any job that would pay the same. But I just felt like I I didn't see myself progressing in terms of this, the pay scale. Like I had to upskill to make the kind of money Got it. that I needed to make it work for us as a family. Mm-hmm. So... And that takes time and an investment. And I, I was time poor and money poor at the time. Like I don't have time to study. I literally have four babies. And, you know, so I was just like, let me, the next thing that came to mind was, uh, you know, starting a business from home. I had been researching online and just looking and seeing how tons of stay-at-home moms were turning their lives around and just starting businesses around their life, Right. right. So, you know, some, you know, when you have four children, like, especially in winter, thinking about like, you know, doctor's appointments, when, you know, someone's sick, dentist appointment, like there's so many appointments and things to do it, like, it would just make it really difficult to have your stereotypical nine to five job, right? Sure. Yeah. So, So I got started with just, you know, dabbling and looking online. And at the time, some of the feedback that we were getting, my husband and I were really into um, like eating healthy and we had transformed our diet into a whole foods diet and we got rid of like a lot of processed foods. For me, it was because um, my mom and my sister were both diagnosed with breast cancer, right? Wow. And that really hit home. I had to look after them. And I saw firsthand the impact of how when they just ate really nutritious food, 
it supported their health versus when they just ate like the stuff, like just generic, either junk or just stuff that's not, doesn't food that doesn't have high nutritional content. So I got into that headspace where I was like, I don't want this for my children and for us. I want to start now. So it's preventative rather than trying to eat well after you're ill. Yeah. Right. So then that led to me starting my blog at the time. It was called Earth and Spoon. And I started writing um, recipes that are healthy, that are family based. Um, And yeah, and that's what that's where my my journey started. So when you started the blog, and I love the fact that there was this wider context, because back in the day when I started my blog, I was super passionate about travel and culture. And that was the premise for me then writing. But then I had this whole challenge of how do I make money out of this? Yes. (laughs) Um, Because I was coming, I sort of at it from like a journalism perspective. And I'd read this book. I don't know if you had come across it called Crush It by Gary Vaynerchuk. I've heard of it and I know of Gary, but no, I haven't read his book. Yeah, because he's Gary V now, but back then he was Gary Vaynerchuk (laughs) and it was his first book. And he basically talks about how you could turn a blog into a business. So if you followed like every step he kind of outlined, you could start to monetize. And so that was sort of my, I guess, Mm -hmm. I guess, blueprint. What was yours as far as how to make money from that? Yeah, it's interesting. Like, so you, you, the thing about the blog business model is that you don't make money overnight. No. Like it's the, the model is that it's all about getting traffic and and having an audience and having a large one at that. And then after you do that, then you can sell whatever product services or have ads, you know, that's the model. And I started blogging. And it does take time because with blogging, you have to optimize with SEO, which is search engine optimization. Um, And all it is, is like using keywords and a whole bunch of other things that you do on the back end to make sure that Google ranks you um, so that people can actually find your blog on the internet. And that process takes months, if not a year. Like when you're blogging, everybody tells you like, give it at least one year. You can't like quit before that because that's when everything starts to kick in. And so I got into that. But then I also um, followed this woman and I discovered her through a blog called Melissa Griffin, Mm. who was an online business owner. And she talked about Pinterest for blogging. And at the time, my business model was perfect for Pinterest. Like anybody who created recipes like was using Pinterest more so than Instagram, actually, because everybody went to Pinterest to find their recipes, mm-hmm. right? And, and other things. So so I started using Pinterest for my business and it was a ton of testing and tweaking, right? Like I didn't have um, like the the strategy and the answers. A lot of it was just this. I read a ton of things online and then just implemented what I learned and watched what happened. And after doing that for a few months, it was like, I started to notice, okay, these are the things that work and these are the things that aren't working. So let me do more of what's working. Mm -hmm. And so it was just that it was very data driven and looking at the numbers and seeing which pins are doing well, which ones aren't trying to optimize my blog. So, so I started getting 
um, after three months of starting with Pinterest, I didn't start off with Pinterest. I was blogging for a while and just using Google, introduced Pinterest, um, like maybe a year later, it's a bit blurry now, but, um, as soon as I started using Pinterest within 90 days, like three months or so, my traffic increased by 300%. And I started getting like, was it a couple of million of views on my profile, like my Pinterest profile. Um, So people were seeing my content was being seen. And that's when things turned around for me because I realized, oh, like this traffic thing is happening. And then naturally what started happening was that people started discovering who I was because my traffic was getting, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, my blog was getting traffic. And once you have an audience, all sorts of doors start ha- like opening. Right. I remember feeling like such an imposter because I'm like, I'm just a mom. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm at home and I'm so broke. You know, and everybody's <laughs> like, you know, I, I got to partner with the Soil, the Soil Association here in the UK, wow. with the, which is a charity that helps with like uh, organic farming and sustainability. And it was, they opened so many doors for me, um, just getting into that world. Like it was so different to my career. Like I had never been in that space. Um, and then slowly but surely people were starting to be a lot more interested about the business behind mm-hmm. like how I'm getting traffic more than my recipes. Right. <laughs> and I also started noticing that I was becoming really like obsessively curious about the the back end and, and how to get my blog out there and the marketing, the online marketing was the thing that I was obsessed with. And I started realizing that that was the natural pull for me. Like it wasn't so much. I loved, I still love health and wellness and I still like try to eat healthy and I love cooking, but like the marketing really captivated me. Um, Mm. And so then I started, um, you know, people saw me and reached out to me and were like, Hey, can you do for us what you do, what you've done with your account? And so my first clients were like, was this company here in the UK? That's um, like, it was a wedding directory. And that's how things started popping off for me. Like it all started with Pinterest. That was the wow. thing, the, the the rabbit trail Yeah, that started all of this. Yeah. And I've heard so many people talk about the power of Pinterest. Um, mm. In my day job, I actually work in content marketing. Um, but before I so, sort of went into full-time work, it was one of those things where people just swore, look, if you can just commit to Pinterest make you know get the pins out there it's this it's almost like the foolproof way of driving traffic and I just feel like I just didn't commit to it long enough um (laughs) I didn't give it enough time to kind of get traction Mm. I mean what's Pinterest like sort of today because there was obviously that moment where Pinterest it wasn't new but it was certainly really popular and in the last seven years you know we've seen all these other outlets and platforms podcasting has blown up so you know what's the world of Pinterest like today is it still uh, an option a solution for people who may want to you know even create a blog yeah absolutely it still is and um, you hit it right on the nail so Pinterest what a lot of people get wrong about Pinterest is that they approach it like a social media platform. So yes. they approach it like they do Instagram, like they mm-hmm. do TikTok. 
And the reality is, is that it's more like a search engine. Yeah. It's more like Google, right? Mm -hmm. And because of that and how it works, it's a long, like it's a long haul platform. Like if you're going to start off with marketing and you want something, so this is the best way I would put it. If you want a platform that is like low maintenance and will get you results time and time again without you doing too much work, Pinterest is fantastic for that because Mm. although it takes a while to take off, once your content is distributed and is published, like I stopped blogging for years, two years after I've written a a blog post, I was still getting traffic and I was doing zero, nothing. Compare that to being on Instagram, on TikTok, where you have to consistently, beyond creating the actual content, you then have to go in and engage, Yeah. right? And respond to people. And if you don't engage and you just put the content out, like you get penalized for that. And by, you know, they just won't show your content because they're saying you're not being a part of this community. It's called social media for a reason, right? There's a social element. Pinterest isn't like that. Although you can engage with people, that's not people, how people primarily use it. And so it's fantastic because your content shelf life is, is way longer than anywhere else. So maybe just to take, a couple steps back, you know, you found your your niche, your your holy grail, as it were, as far mm-hmm. as business. How did you manage the practicalities of setting up a business? You know, you to your own mission, it's like I'm just a mom, and now yeah. <laughs> it's like okay, marketing, finding clients, to office to not office. Like, how did you navigate all of those things? Yeah, it's funny because I feel like I made all the mistakes in the world. So I'm not by any chance recommending. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe take what I say and see it as something not to do, perhaps. (laughs) But um, like I was so time poor, right, that I just decided to bite the bullet and start hiring. Wow. Okay. That's how I started. Which is not even, I mean, I, I'm of the school of thought more so now that it really helps to have help, you yes. know, in any context, whether it's business, whether it's the day to day, you know, last year I needed to set up a, a picnic and I went on to TaskRabbit. I was like, I need help. <laughs> I need to hire someone, you know, yeah. like I think. That's really clever. Although people tend to say, but you have to do it all by yourself before you you build a team. So yeah, yeah what led you to kind of do that? So it, again, it just, sometimes you just have to see, you have to be present to your life and what's actually happening. So before I start with, so it's let's take Pinterest, for example. I wanted to, explore Pinterest, but I just had such little time at that point. Like I was still breastfeeding with a toddler and nursery runs. Like my kids weren't even in full-time school yet. So they were home a lot of the time. And I just figured that I, I noticed that there was in our church community, there were at the time, there was a, a young woman that we used to mentor who's become a dear friend of ours now. And um, she was a 
fashion uh, graduate. So she was just about to, gra- um, a fashion marketing uh, fresh graduate. She had just graduated. And I also saw that in when when she was doing and helping with the children at church, she was amazing with the kids. And so I thought, how cool would it be if I could ask her to help with the kids and then also help me with marketing? That way she can earn money and also upskill because she's going to get that experience. Smart. Right. So then I asked her and she was like, oh, my gosh, she was blown away. And so she stuck with me for like a year. Right. I didn't have the money to save my life. Like, I think I was able to make such a decision. My husband is extremely supportive. Um, and he also is like, we have to be careful because we're both like we have a high risk tolerance. <laughs> both of us. And so one of us has to be the the voice of reason and say, no, actually, can you just save and not spend or invest? Like you can't invest in everything every day, not every day invest. Right? <laughs> but he was just like, yeah, go for it. Let's, let's give it a try. Let's see what happens. And so investing in her released me to have the headspace to think and then decide, okay, I might not be able to do all the Pinterest um, like day in, day out work, but I can have the headspace to come up with a strategy and test and figure out what direction we want to go. And then she would do that. And so it was a lot of money that I didn't have, but had I not made that investment, I would not be here today. We're living full time of our business now. Wow. But had I not made that leap. And so I guess with hiring, it's a funny thing because my recommendation, and I shared this on, on our podcast, um, if you're going to hire and you don't have the money, it, you have to, it's one of two things. You either hire because you know exact the exact steps you need to take to make an income. So you know, you know what you're doing. Or, and the more important thing is that you trust yourself. You can bet on yourself because you know, you, you have a track record of when you decide to do something, you see it through. Right. Right. So if you're that type of person and you're like, when I do something, I see it through, you can take risks. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about, especially on your site, that when you invest in yourself and you upskill, you kind of have that freedom, you know, to have more time to make Mm -hmm. more memories. And, you know, I love the fact that you actually pointed out upskilling because, you know, you can learn by doing and, you know, maybe learning the hard way. Um, but did you explore sort of any sort of training courses? Um, has anything like that been beneficial for you and your business? Oh, absolutely. I've invested so much, so much in um, in online courses. The craziest one was, um, and again, this is going back to my husband. Like we saw a course that was going to teach us everything we needed to do with marketing at that stage of our business. And it was a really good course, but it was 5,000 pounds, right? We were not making 5,000 pounds, okay? However, we went ahead and purchased it. And that wasn't the only one. Like I had invested in some courses here. When I first, my first course that I purchased was about 100 pounds. Okay. And that's the one that taught me um, how to set up a blog. Right. Right. Um, Then 
the next one we got was this £5,000 one. And that one was the one that once I implemented everything, because it, the purchase wasn't from me. It was my husband who was, because it was like to help us with our business, but also it had a lot of like video and media mm-hmm. elements and things like that. Um, but I hadn't really paid attention to it that much until much later. And when I actually looked into it, I was like, this is actually amazing. I'm going to implement mm. this. Once we did like two clients, hiring two clients after that on a retainer paid for the course and some. Right, right. right. You know? So sometimes we get so afraid of, we, we look at like, we're willing to look at like 5,000 pounds for an online course is steep. And we think it's steep, but then we will spend 30,000 pounds on a degree at university, Mm. which is all theory. And there is no guarantee that you're going to get a job after that. Like, you know, all of us as graduates, I remember my frustration was after you graduating from uni, you you try and get a job and they say, well, we're looking for someone with experience. Mm -hmm. It's like, but where am I going to get it from? I was at uni the last four years. (laughs) Right. So. Whereas these, some online courses, of course you have to do your due diligence and research and make sure that, you you know, it's not some bogus person selling it to you. But once you have, um, what I love about online courses is that they teach you how to, it's not theory, it's applicable skills, practical skills. Like if you implement, not everything might work for you. And there's an element of no one can spoon feed you your entire business. Like there are going to be some failures. There are things that are just not going to work for you because it worked for that person who created the course, but you're, you're wired differently. You have a different personality. Your life is completely different. So you, you, you adapt things to, to suit you and your, and and your lifestyle. But the most important thing is just taking action and just failing, failing, failing. Eventually you will get something right. hundred percent. And I, you know, kind of casting my mind back to when I dabbled in business a few years ago, I remember a big challenge was sort of maintaining productivity. Hmm. So even though my business would keep me busy, it was often easy to procrastinate because of maybe just feeling overwhelmed by the amount of tasks and things that would need to be done. Even though I consider myself to be highly productive, it's just, I suppose, tricky when you're just in that office by yourself, (laughs) no windows, at least the office I had didn't have any windows. Um, How do you manage to stay productive? Um, I mean, the truth of the matter is um, what you'd speak of is, 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 is a very common and shared experience. And I'm not a productive machine day in and day out. I have my days where it's like, you know, you're skirting and dancing around the thing that you're supposed to do. But internally, there's normally, normally when we procrastinate, it's because there is some kind of resistance internally. And I've learned that the the hardest thing about entrepreneurship is not actually the strategies and the thing to do. It's the mindset. Mm. It's all mindset. Like, we have so many stories that we tell ourselves. And the, the the thing that I found hardest was, you know, after, you know, serving as a volunteer and just coming to a place where financially we were at a crisis and, you know, just living in poverty, if we just call it what it is, that comes with a whole ton of like limiting beliefs Yeah, that you put on yourself. You, you, your brain tells you it is impossible to make a full-time income. 
and you have to wrestle with that. And so a couple of things that have helped me is like, again, it's that whole, like, I'm always learning about, like, I really love personal development. Um, so I'm always reading or listening to podcasts or just learning about the mind and how it works. And just so that I understand myself, because then that enables me to have that self-compassion, which is something that I've learned is the key thing to help me move forward. Um, having kids will make you super productive because (laughs) you just don't have the time. Like my working hours are when the kids are in school now. And so I'm that type of person where like, I sit, I don't take breaks. I do nothing but work solid. And then I go pick up the kids because I know I have to get everything that I need done in this window and some evenings as well, but that's it. So, so having that has also helped me, but then there is this one quote by, um, a businessman called, um, Alex Hermosi, and it goes something like, um, I might butcher the quote, but I loved it because he said, do the work until the, uh, until it works on you. Um, which basically in summary means do the work you're supposed to do. It's going to be hard and it's going to be uncomfortable. Sit with that and work through it until it does, until it works on you, until you're able to come out the other side. And I feel like in my business, the last in 2021 and 2022, um, that's when I kind of just put my blinkers on and I just focused on my clients and, and the work that I was doing and providing new services and learning. And it was so hard. Like it was all internal, but that was the journey I had to go through. And once you come out the other side, you feel like you're unstoppable because you're like, oh my gosh, I achieved this thing that I thought was so impossible, but I did it. So then that gives you the confidence to go do the next hard thing that you haven't done before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting because as you said, it's, it's about having the right mindset to kind of pursue and, um, feel like you can embark on really difficult things. And Hmm. interestingly enough with Fly Girl Collective, you know, one of the reasons why we've embarked on some of the um, feats that we've done in the past, whether it's running marathons, half marathons, is because a lot of that can help build that resilient mindset. You know, because I, you know, when days are tough, I'll be like, Matilda, you have run a marathon though. <laughs> like you, you were on. able to do yeah. that and, and it did hurt. <laughs> yeah. So if you can run a marathon, you gotta, you know, do this admin. <laughs> Whatever it is that I don't want to do at a given moment. I love how you're comparing a marathon to admin. Honestly, sometimes it feels that way. <laughs> so good. But um, I mean, coming out of the pandemic and, you know, we're, we're a good few years out of it now where, you know, we've seen a combination of mass layoffs, you know, there's inflation. And then, as I mentioned earlier, more people are taking on side hustles or really just reevaluating what work means to them. Um, you know, before someone kind of then just dives into doing anything or everything, What's probably some watch outs that aspiring entrepreneurs should be aware of? As in when it comes to starting a business now? Yeah. Mm, That's a good question. I think one of the first things you can do, again, going back to mindset, I think 
like just your media consumption, you really need to watch out for that. It has such a huge impact on what you think is possible. Um, it's good to know what's happening in the world, but I've come to realize that um, I don't really need to watch the news to know what's happening. People are always talking about it. You'll so hear it true. in person. You'll see it on social media. My Apple phone sends me notifications whenever something major happens. Um, and so I just kind of see headlines to keep a tab on what's happening. Um, but ever since the pandemic hit, I've actually switched off watching the news because it was so overwhelming. And I found like it had a direct impact on my mental health. As soon as I switched it off and um, I consumed content where I was either learning or content that inspired me, I felt so much better about myself about what I thought was possible. Um, and so it's all about managing the possibilities, right? Like if you are thinking and believing like the world is falling apart, we're living in Armageddon, like this is not a time to start a business, that is going to, lim you will not start a business, mm. right? It's gonna really impact you. So I'd say that's the first thing you need to kind of pay attention to is like, what are you feeding your mind? Um, because that seeps down to what you believe is true. Um, and then after that, I think it's something that I think um, to pay attention to is um, one of the things I'm grateful for that has happened is that, you know, this whole movement of, you know, Instagram and, and all these influencers showing us that life is super glamorous and amazing and getting rich is easy if you just follow this plan. Um like, I feel like we're living post that era now. Yeah. Like that bubble has burst. And I really think there is um, great value in simply helping people. Um, most people, and this is something that I also did w when it came to business and through trial and error, you've eventually learned the lesson. But most people approach business as I have this idea, I'm going to launch it and I want people to come and buy my product or my service, right? Whereas you're going to have much greater success if you actually put an ear to the ground and look for what people need and then position yourself to help them. Yeah. So what is a real felt need? Like, in if anything, there is real felt need right now more than ever. <laughs> people are struggling. So... If you can figure out a way you can help them, whether it's a product, whether it's a service you provide, um, you're going to have a successful business. So do your research, find out what people need help with, find a problem that you can solve. Um, and the market right now, you will do well with um, like solving real problems. I feel like whenever we're in recessions or like economic turbulence, the luxury market tends to struggle a little bit there because mm -hmm. everybody's not as quick to part with their money. So, um, so I would just say, watch out for that on a practical level. Nice. Oh, I mean, we could talk for another hour, I'm sure. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, but just to land this plane, how do you finesse your wellness? Okay. So when it comes to, how I look after myself. I definitely had a dip in the pandemic. <laughs> we all did, trust. We all did. It was just all about survival. Still figuring it out. Yep. Yep. I'm like, I will eat what is available. Yes. Um, that's that. Um, but, you know, we've, um, 
you know, it's a journey and, um, finessing my wellness is, is, is all about, you know, small baby steps you can implement and add to your day. Um, and so that's how we've managed our health. So some of the things that, um, I do, and my husband and I do as well is like, we love to have a cold shower, like after, so I have my hot normal shower, but then I have a, a cold blast afterwards just to kind of, I know it helps with the glands and mm. but it actually feels amazing. Like I don't feel sluggish anymore. Um, as soon as I have a cold shower, I feel so alert and awake and ready to take on the day. Um, I have my best friend who is a fermentation chef and expert. And so I've actually, uh, you know, she, she works with me and, and my family and is basically gives us a ton of fermented foods every week, um, to help with our gut. Because again, with taking antibiotics with all the bugs that have been going around and, um, eating all the processed food that we did in 2020 and throughout, um, you know, we're kind of like resetting. And so I've seen a, a huge difference in like my bloating has gone down, my skin is clearing up. Um, so it's been really amazing. Um, we like to eat whole foods. Um, when it comes to business, I also like to cycle sync. Um, I'm pretty sure you're, I don't know if everyone is familiar with it, but it's something that's get, getting a lot of traction now. Um, oh, so if anyone down. doesn't, have you heard of cycle syncing? No. Okay. So cycle syncing, it might be called something else, but it's all about understanding your body as a woman mm -hmm. and your and working around your cycle. So, um, you know, every month we have like, I'm going to butcher the name, like a luteal phase and then all these different phases when you're ovulating, when you're on your period, when you're, and when you're not. And our hormones actually have this rhythm where, you know, at certain times we feel strong and confident and have all the energy. And then other times, you know, like before our period, we feel withdrawn and we want to eat more calories and, um, and feel more emotional. And actually rather than we as women have been conditioned to kind of see that as a curse, um, and as a bad thing, but it's, it's our body and it's, and it's wiring and you can actually work with your body. Right. Um, so for example, um, I have created a rhythm where when I'm like recording my podcast, I don't record when I'm like PMSing or about to come onto my period. That's the time I use to research guests to get on the show or, or prep content, but I'm not like being visible because I don't want to be visible. I just want to be in bed and eat cookies. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's something that's really helped. And yeah, just all sorts of other things, but I think I'll leave that for now. Oh gosh. That's fascinating. I will be heading to the Googles. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a whole thing. Definitely. Look Google into it. cycle syncing. Oh, amazing. Um, well, Sahara, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Where can people go to find out more about what you do, tap into your wisdom, and of course, the services you offer? Yeah, sure. Thanks. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at Sahar Twesijay. Um, I also host a podcast called Daring Forward, which you can find on YouTube. So it's youtube.com slash the at sign and then Daring Forward. 
Um, and then you can check out my website. So it's thehardtowestaj.com or you could go to the podcast website, daringforward.com. And if you want to learn more about uh, Pinterest, I have a Pinterest course that I'm launching very soon, actually, called Pin to Profit Blueprint. Uh, com, so you can go check out the details for that there. Amazing. Thank you so much again. Thank you so much for having me. I loved it. Whether or not being an entrepreneur is for you, we all have the ability to bring in extra cash and experience financial freedom if we set our minds to it. So here are my top three takeaways. Number one, start by looking into the problems you can solve. As Sahar said, people usually approach business with their own idea rather than a solution that people are looking for. But if you can meet a real tangible need and solve a problem, that could be the beginning of a very successful side hustle or business. Number two, sometimes it takes money to make money, but investing in yourself is always worth it. And it's never too late to upskill or discover new opportunities through learning. And finally, number three, use help when you can. Virtual assistants are a thing. TaskRabbit is a thing. (laughs) And they can help you save the time you need to work on building your new income stream. So that's it for this episode of Finesse Your Wellness, brought to you by Flygo Collective, a space for Black women and women of color who want to level up their wellness and lifestyle. You can follow Flygo Collective on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or sign up to our mailing list at flygocollective.co for lovely tips, goodies, and invites delivered straight to your inbox. Also, if you loved what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes. Much love to you all. Catch you on the next episode.